Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. just cruised through episode who knows um it's called the goodbye girl really enjoyed this one yeah this one just to catch everyone up so we come into this reeling from the oliver episode yeah we're both still in a sort of a hangover from that because even when i was watching this episode it was a feeling of like yeah that I'm like in a haze right now. Let's just say, I forgot to stretch after the Oliver episode, and now I'm a little sore. Yeah. Yeah. So, just to catch everyone up, because we, again, we jumped ahead a little bit. The main thing that's happening right now is that this girl, Teresa's in the picture. Essentially, she's a 39-year-old playing a 26-year-old. At least. No, wait. She's... She's a 39-year-old playing a 16-year-old. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, she's... She is not... She is... Way closer to 26 and 16. What my friend is saying is she looks kind of old. And we lose track a lot that these kids are actually supposed to be 16. So we were commenting on this as we were watching it of at a certain point, and you kind of just, they, they like you lose sight of it. But at a certain point, like at the beginning of this series, they're acting like teenagers. Like they're going in and... Wild dur- parties. Wild parties and when they're like having the fashion thing or whatever yeah. they're sneaking alcohol like yep. in the in the back room kid stuff kid stuff totally did it real it just reminds me of a really hilarious story about uh, we, stealing vodka we got time stealing vodka from my like your parents would have their liquor and one of the most insane things that ever happened was me and my younger sister had been stealing vodka and then what you would do is you would like pour water back in it to like get it back up so your parents don't my parents would have never noticed because they weren't big drinkers and they really were never drinking liquor it was like they would have a glass or two of wine every once in a while and um this one night they just can tell like that the liquor has gone the vo- the sky vodka or whatever has gone down to you like the kind yeah. of the magic mark where yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It was, it's all the way like down and so they had this one night where they called me and my sisters in and it was like a come to Jesus moment of like, look, we're not leaving this living room until one of you idiots owns up to the mischievous activities that have been happening. Who's boozing? Who is boozing? And I was sitting there thinking in my head, I'm like, damn it. Shit. I'm such an idiot. I'm definitely going to get caught. Like it now it, the gig's up. The gig's up. <laughs> And now I'm going to have to come clean and just accept the repercussions of this. So as I'm going to, like, raise my hand and take the blame for it, I don't know, maybe, like, 15 seconds had passed of pure silence. And as I go to, like, be like, all right, it was me. Sorry, sorry. As I, like, go to open my mouth, it was, like, out of a movie. I go, and then my sister goes, okay, it was me. (laughs) 
and she and then so she as she's doing that it's like again like out of a movie the camera pans over to me and I just slowly sink back <laughs> into the chair and let her you take You took no heat at all? None. I let her take full blame for it. Oh. <laughs> how did you live with yourself? Dude, I don't know. I mean, I might have done the exact same thing. <laughs> no. So, did you ever come clean with your whole family and I think now they all know about it and if uh, they don't and they ever become one of our seven total listeners of this they'll find out right now but I think we have joked about it like now that we're 30 and we're no longer I feel like, 16, 17. I feel like you owe your sister something. I, get, I guess you can't really take any trouble for her now that we're all adults. I feel like you should just give her like $35. You think that'll cut it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that probably makes up for like the three and a half weeks of being grounded that she yeah. had to go through. Yeah, maybe up a little. That is maybe like $47. But piece. yeah, no, that's perfect teenage behavior. And that's the kind of stuff that we're seeing in like maybe the first five to ten episodes. Yeah. Now episode 21, I think. It's it's done. It's done. They're just, they're kind of young adults. Their problems are like weirdly different. I remember in the the very first couple episodes, we were laughing about how unrealistic their yeah. life seemed because it was like these parties with girls dancing in bikinis and like cocaine, cocaine all over, and like just these crazy these crazy parties with the parents out of town. We we're like, who's living this life? This I, I should say that was this? we know that, who's living this that life. was way more relatable than what we're watching now. Now yeah. it's like. Well, now, now we like, were oh like, God. At now it's like, I don't know where I'm going to live. I don't know where I'm going to have yeah. a job. Like, those are those are 30 year old problems. So, that's the thing with Teresa is that she's coming in, and it's like, this Teresa's this girl, this 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 chick from like Chino. Trash. She's trash. Chino. This is this girl from Chino who's like, she's coming in, and she's just fucking everything up. It's like this thing of, oh, because I'm poor, oh, at 16. I gotta put food on the table. I gotta have a real life job. Um, I'm just like bouncing around from job to job and motel to motel trying to make ends meet yeah. as a 16 year old because I am poor. Yeah, it's just like, like doesn't Chino has public schools, right? She should yeah. be in high school. So it's es- sh- it's essentially <laughs> like now we've we've passed this like this zone of they're actually teenagers into they're just these young adults trying to make ends meet. And yeah, it's just totally weird when it shifted. I it was a slow it was shift. Subtle. It's also we've been skipping episodes a little bit, so this this shift has seemed kind of abrupt. But maybe it was a little bit more subtle. But yeah, they they're kind of departing from a regular life. The fact that they have to go to high school every once in a while now just seems kind it's of like, like a byproduct of yeah. yeah we just got to throw in that they're actually still going here, but that's neither here nor there. But like the other thing that was crazy to me with Teresa and high school is like. That first day, that when the se- when the episode starts, she just shows up, Teresa does, to the pool house to pick Ryan up for school, and I was sitting there thinking, like, what time is it? It's gotta be so early. What fucking time is it? School, okay. And why is it so light out? And why is everyone so jacked up? They're all perky. That's <laughs> Maybe yeah. this is just because I'm not a morning person. But every single, I'd say 50% of the episodes start before they go to school in the morning. It's bright. Everybody is super perky. We've talked about this before. But in that particular episode, let's say school starts at 8. Yeah. Probably get to school around 7.30 so you have time to get your books together. So it's probably like 7, 7.15. 
at the latest. Yeah. So that means she's staying at the Mermaid Mermaid Inn, which we'll we'll get to a little bit. I think yeah. this might be the first time the Mermaid Inn pops up. So she's probably getting up somewhere around like five thirty. Yeah. And just being like, you know, blowing what lines of cocaine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm 16. It's 5:30. Uh, I've looked through the classifieds already. There's no job, so I, <laughs> I think I'm just going to drive over. I've the had my and... seven cups of coffee. Perused the classifieds. Yeah, it's it's crazy because I'm I'm always just sitting there thinking like, God, how it went for me back in high school and still kind of this day is like when I was up at like my mom would wake me up because I didn't have an alarm till I was out of out of the house um, never had an alarm till I was like uh, at college at 18 years old sad but true hey it's fine and so my mom would wake me up it would be pitch black out so I don't know if on the west coast it's different let's just chalk right up to a sunny California thing oh like they don't that because of the time zones it doesn't they don't have like daylight savings as hard with Darkness. I don't know, but I'm comfortable. With <laughs> I'm comfortable with thinking it's just kind of the, the sun comes up early. All right, yeah, okay, <laughs> that's science. So we won't worry about that. The thing is, is they're ready to go, and she shows up, and I just think back. I hearken back to my days in high school where it was like my mom would wake me up if I had to be out the door by like seven twelve. She'd wake me up. I'd tell her not a minute before seven o eight. And then she'd wake me up, and I'd be pissed. I'd, At her? She'd know. My well, mom would know. Just kind of, because she was there, and it's just like, God, oh, I don't want to get up. She would know. Just open the door. Wake, like, just open the door. I'll wake up because of that, and then just walk away. Walk away, and then I'll be, I'll get myself out the door. And then it'd be pitch black. You go, you pick up whoever you have to take to school, and then there'd be like no speaking in the silence. car ride. None. The car ride would be silence and boners. <laughs> silence and boners. Yeah. All right. Let's just move on. So then they, um, Seth and Summer making out on the hood of that car. Mm-hmm. I guess that happens, but I more so think it happens like because yeah, your hormones are going crazy in high school. You're trying to hook up. You're trying to finger bang left and right yeah but also you're not gonna do it on like out at like a makeout point like that like that was like at a, a cliff yeah like makeout like, point like whole, on the hood it was a whole production i think that was a little hollywood magic that was because usually you're like in the back seat of a car like yeah it was like they, they stopped at a burger place because they had some food and it's like all right let's get some food We'll drive the 15 minutes up to the lookout point. Then we're going to get out of the car. Get on the put hood. Put the food on the hood. And then just start making the out in front of... We'll start making out while the food gets cold. I wasn't really buying it, but it's fine. All right. It was a nice little scene. Then uh, I, I also did realize that in that scene, this is just a, a little side note. Summer, what you can tell it's kind of becoming fall in the O.C., Summer is wearing uh, jeans. So it's going from 72 degrees down to 69. Yeah, it's getting it's tough. Little, yeah, it's tough in the fall there. It's getting a little chilly because <clears throat> Summer's wearing jeans with a like a, a camo print skirt over those jeans. Yeah. And Ugg boots and still looking really good. I miss Uggs. <laughs> Uggs are out, but damn it. You I can bring liked, them back. I liked Uggs on the ladies. Bring them back. No, I'm saying for, for girls. Dude, Zoom room. Are they officially out? Like if and Whitney! You on- yes, and oh my, I've never heard a guy say he likes Uggs. You've never heard a guy say he likes Uggs? Dude, 
Hot take, hot take here from intern Whitney. Um, also, are they still in? Just yeah. quit. No, they're out. Were you out on Nugs? Uh, I didn't really go either way with them. Okay, so hot take here. It's intern Whitney, intern Whitney has informed us that Uggs, dudes were never into them, and I am in the minority on that. You know what? Why don't we just put this up to the listeners, Pat? Yeah. If you could, <laughs> uh, send us, send us an email. Uh, send us your thoughts on Uggs. Um, just kidding. We know no one's going to send us our thoughts. Um, but anyways, I guess I'm the only one that likes Uggs. I like them a lot, though. I get what intern Whitney is saying that Uggs on the ladies, they kind of make the legs look like stubs, like stubby legs. A little stump legs. I get that. I buy that. But I gotta say, for whatever weird reason, I just like had a thing for Uggs, especially like the ones where the girls would flip them down, show a little fur on those Uggs. <laughs> you like to see the fur? A fur on this? Hey. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm not gonna stop you from liking that. Put I some leggings on. Put some leggings on. Throw the Uggs on. Maybe a hoodie. Flip them down. Show a little fur. Yeah, all in. Okay. So, guess we're on different pages there. That's uh, fair. But intern Whitney is way more tapped into that stuff than us, so we'll take her word for it. Another thing, um, we'll we'll have to figure out this I just wrote down here from watching this episode. Bags. Yeah. Here's another, here's another trend that um, never been on board with. On board of Uggs. Off board with bangs. I honestly, I don't know a bangs haircut that's ever improved a lady's looks. I don't mind a bang. I'm not going to go to bat for the haircut, but it doesn't. Sounds like you are. No. (laughs) Yeah, it does does, sound like you are. I'm going to let you run with this one because it doesn't gross me out as much as it does to you. When Marissa walked in, I I wouldn't have noticed the bangs uh, until you said something. You wouldn't have even noticed. No. Girl comes in. Yeah. She's got, it looks like she just literally lined up a fucking ruler right up, like an inch above her eyebrows and then just went straight across like a bowl cut in the front for Bang City. And you're into that? Doesn't bug me. God damn it. I'm sorry. I'm just, <laughs> I'm on a limb here on Uggs and Bangs, but... I hate bangs. I don't. I don't think it ever. I don't think it ever improves a look. I think it can only hurt. What about like a Zoe Deschanel? She's famous for the bangs. I don't like how the. I don't like how she does it. I don't like how she does it just in general. She annoys me. Just. It was that one fucking commercial. The, I know the exact. It's the one commercial about. where she was wearing those pajama pants, and it's it was it, like she was trying way too hard to be the everyman's girl. Was it an Apple commercial? Yeah. Uh, and she was wearing them, and it was like she was trying way too hard to be like cool, cute Zoe Deschanel, and it just annoyed them. They played it nonstop, and I don't know why. I think it was just because I saw it so many times, I just started noticing little weird stuff that would annoy me about that commercial. Um, namely, the fact that she called, I think she called a place with her phone, a delivery place, and just ordered tomato soup. Oh, and that yeah. was it. It's yeah. like. Because it was like it was raining outside. Yeah. And that's why she was wearing the, like, hey, I'm just casual in my PJs. It was before Uber Eats and stuff. It's like a, a can of Campbell's. Yeah, Fucking they made that guy Dump deliver. it in the thing, put half a can of milk in there, and you're good. You have tomato soup. You don't that's what I'm saying. She's pretentious it. as fuck, dude. She's she's trying to play it like she's all casual and cool with this. Okay, PJs, so. But, like, she's ordering tomato fucking soup yeah just fucking make it yourself yeah what's the tip ah! what's the tip on that if you're the uber eats guy 
30 cents to get to 20% on that tomato soup can at three ninety nine. You just wasted his time. You wasted everybody's time, including mine. Okay, so you like Uggs. Yep, in. Uh, I uh, do not like Uggs. You like bangs. I like bangs. You do they not like bangs. They give me the opposite of owners. We both dislike Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> Especially in that with her. Okay. So nice it'd be interesting then. to see. Anyways, we'll move on. Another thing. I want to pivot here. Please Let's do. get into business. Let's get into business talk. Sandy goes. Sandy's got this thing where he's trying to still work some shit out for Caleb because, like we said in a previous episode, Sandy's just the lawyer for everyone mm-hmm. in the county of Orange. Yeah, he's, he's just doing it. Lawyer. I don't know why. Um, everyone's deemed Sandy the one lawyer in the county of Orange, but he is. Yeah. So he shows up to the golf course with the DA there to do yeah. some business. He's got his golf bag. He's ready to go. I got to say that when I was younger in life, I just always assumed there was a ton of business happening on the golf course. Mm-hmm. And I'm now in the business world, kind of, and have never done business on the golf course. I have no, Where's all the golf I have no idea where that trope came from. Zero business on the golf course. Right over here. I've played golf, a few, but like it's always just with like three or four of my friends. And you're just getting drunk, kind of, and just all hacking it around, sucking, and then you kind of just, it ends. But, like, I've never had it where I'm, like, at work, and then, like, someone comes up to me, and they're like, hey, you know what? I have a, I have a deal I want to discuss with you. Then they, like, look around, and they go, not here. Not here. This Sunday, four days from now, 9 a.m., at the country club, <laughs> dear run country links. club, we're hitting the links. We'll talk business then, but table whatever your thoughts are on this until then. It must happen in somebody's world. I don't. Maybe it's a. I don't know. But if I ever have to do that, I'm fucked because I suck at golf. Yeah. And you think you'll ruin the deal? Yeah. Like I feel like I'll go out there and they'll be like, Darimo, I'm in on Darimo. Do while doing a deal with Darimo on on the business stuff. Then I take a tee shot, and they're like, God damn it. Johnson, I'm going with you. (laughs) Dermo's a hack. Dermo can't even hit the ball 237 yards. Fuck him, he's out. Johnson, get in here. What's your tee shot? Is it straight and narrow right down the middle? Yeah. Sign the documents with you, sir, for business stuff. That, That was one thing that surprised me about growing up. Business golf, not really a thing, at least in my world. However, it seemed like all Sandy was here to do was business. He walked onto the driving range. I thought I couldn't. I hadn't seen the episode for a while, so I thought maybe you get to see them play golf. He walks on the driving, driving range. range business. I don't know if they had a, a game schedule or if he just knew he was going to be there. He knew. Sandy pulls out the. He's wedge. the best lawyer in the country. Yeah. <laughs> he knows where everyone is at all times. <laughs> he pulls out. Let's call it a seven iron. He hits two iron shots off the range while they're uh, doing this innuendo business talk. Puts that away. Grabs out the driver. Hits three more golf balls. Bounces. Finishes a conversation and then leaves. I don't even think they played golf. He just made the whole trip out there to, to hit five. I guess that's balls. how you do business. Is it's not about golf. Yeah, it's about the business. It's about, it's about business. But yeah, that was crazy. That was really weird. I did love that scene. I also told you that I would love to play eighteen holes of golf with Sandy Cohen. Yeah, and I. What'd you say? Because I asked you, would you like to play eighteen holes with Sandy Cohen? 
or Pete Gallagher, the actor. Oh, I like. I came down on the side of Sandy Cohen just because that's a known entity. I know that he's so cool here's shit, the, but I mean, Peter Gallagher would also probably be fun to play with. The issue I have with playing golf with Sandy is he he has such an insane moral compass. Like his moral compass is almost too true and pure, like not, for life itself. Not this episode. Well, but, but what I'm saying is, like, yeah. obviously, you want, you like good character people, you like people who, like, are good character in terms of, like, what you do when no one else is looking type of thing. Like, that's what you're into with human beings. But Sandy's, like, he's so at the tip of the spear of doing the right thing when no one's looking that I almost feel like you couldn't even operate in life with him in a conversation. Like, for instance, if you go play golf with Sandy Cohen, Look, I'm not that good at golf. Every once in a while, what I do is I shank a shot into the rough a little bit. It's definitely like, you know, under some leaves or under some sticks. And then usually with when you're with cool dudes, they're just like, dude, just kick that out a foot or so, whatever. Like, just kick it out. Kick it out a foot or so, then you're just hit, you're not hitting and whatever. If I did that with Sandy, it'd be like... Stroke penalty. Think, stroke penalty. You, you think hit? Because he's got such an insane moral compass. Well, okay, let's break down Sandy right now. Do you think his moral compass outweighs his chill factor? Like, obviously, he always does the right thing, but is he going to break that? Because I feel like his chill personality would outweigh his. I feel okay. So I feel like you might feel guilty about kicking your ball out of the rough, but in front of him because he's so true and so good. But I feel like he's going to be the kind go. of guy. Well, no, I mean, you know, he might. It'll really annoy way. him for character yeah, reasons. But then he'll let it go. <laughs> he might be the guy that you got like a you got a two and a half three foot putt for like bogey or whatever, and he's the kind of guy that's going to be like, "It's good, you're good," and you just pick up your ball, and you're like, oh. "Well, I guess that's why you got to golf with him to figure out." I can't wait. How <laughs> Peter Gallagher, you know where to find me. Email into the show. All right. So after after the business golf. Eventually, it gets to the point where this episode, there's like a big going away. Not a going, there's a big like just gala. Yeah, another man. I feel like there's a, it's, Caleb gets thrown at least 17 man G- of the year parties G- per year for him. parties, I know. And obviously, as we know, there's never any cilantro. Oh my God. We found out yeah. this episode, he loves white lights, uh-huh. little, little white Christmas lights, you know, just as an accent around the walls. He loves that. Which, it's great that he knows what he wants and loves in a party because he's getting so many fucking parties thrown for him. He's got a lot of So he's got to know. He's got to make it easy for whoever's planning it. Like, look, I'm going to write out a list. I got my my writer here. I got my writer here, and I got my ten things on it. (laughs) Obviously, no cilantro. I'll fucking kill you. Uh, White lights? Yes. A must. Swordfish? Probably have it. Have swordfish. Old Dom Perignon? Don Perignon or Pino? He said no. Because he said he said no to Kirsten on the Chardonnay, but he said yes on the Pinot. I like that because I love getting really drunk on Pinot Grigio. That's what I love about you, man. Love getting drunk on white wine. Um, Okay, I think he is just a micromanager down to his core. He can't even just have a party thrown for him. That's what we love about him, and we hate about him. The other thing about this party. Is a lot of grapes. I noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of grapes. There are mounds and mounds of grapes at this party. 
And so I was thinking, like, do they do that because, like, it's, like, a gratuitous thing? Like, you know, back in, like, the Roman times, right. whenever they would show, like, a king on TV or movies, opulent. they would always just be, like, really fat laying on their bed just, like, with a boatload of grapes that are just, like, dangling above their mouth, just, like, sucking on grapes. Mm-hmm. Is that Josh Schwartz subliminally fucking us again? Maybe. <laughs> with, with that? I wouldn't put it past him. A ton of grapes. Ton of grapes. Is anybody eating them in the scene, or are they just more there for like? Is it like? Are they kind of like flowers except grapes, or are they laid out with the spread of food? They're just kind of like, they're they're laid out with the spread of food, but there's so many, and there's like there are mounds of them that it seemed like a strategic move. That's a great catch by you. Next time I watch this episode, I'm going to be tuned into that. Another thing I noticed from this party was. Um, they had this one shot of these two ladies. They call them like noopsies in uh in the show in the OC. Oh, it's, the Newport women. Yeah, it's like these these Newport women who are like married or divorced. They're older ladies, and all they they're super shallow, superficial, and all they do is talk shit about people. And this that this party, they showed these two girls just standing standing in the corner, and they're like, "Oh yeah, did you see Evelyn's chin implants? Oh yeah, not as." disgusting is Joyce's boob implant like they're just like judging the fuck out of everyone and I know why they're doing that again to just show like Newport it's a lot of superficial ladies but I was actually thinking like if I was at this party I'd probably just be standing next to these ladies doing the exact same thing <laughs> like like someone walks by I'd be like Jesus Christ dude you see that douchebag fucking serious <laughs> he's got four sweaters tied around his neck uh, yeah. he's got four of them I, and then he's got two around his waist I think you might fit in pretty well with the noobsies yeah I think so because there's just a whole lot of judging yeah you got potential yeah, you'd have to so. start doing yoga all the time and probably quit your job well, I'd need a I'd need a breadwinner to just come into the mix yeah. and just like totally be able to support me, and I wouldn't have to work. And then yeah, yoga in the mornings, and then you just start getting drunk on like wine at like three for the rest of the night. Um, Sounds awesome. Did you have anything else from the party? We can talk about this a bit. Um, we definitely paused and zoomed in on Jimmy Cooper's face at one moment. Oh, yeah. So what was that moment? Uh, well. And I think it started happening on the last episode. Have we talked about um, Luke and Julie Cooper? Yeah, because we point? talked about that first moment where okay. it's on, you realize oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, on. Yeah. So not only was it on, but it is still on. Luke and Julie Cooper. Now they're just full on hooking up. Yeah, they're just hooking up. He's sixteen. She's she's supposed to she's supposed to be forty maybe. Ballpark. Ballpark 40. Yeah. Nothing is weirder than this whole thing flying off. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, the first person to notice notice what's going on is Jimmy the Snake. Her husband. Her husband. They're and separated, but there's yeah. There's this perfect shot. You should go back and watch it where Luke comes up um, to Julie Cooper and he's just like... Massages her massage, shoulder. Yeah, he's like whispering in her ear, massages her shoulder, and he's just like, oh, that ass. fucking <laughs> <laughs> stupid. Yeah, but he's anyways, like, oh so my god, your ass. He's just inappropriately close, and uh, it zooms into this over-the-shoulder shot of Jimmy Cooper, and he's just got this look on his face, and the look says, oh my god, is my ex-wife banging out with this 16-year-old who used to date my daughter right now? <laughs> <laughs> this perfect look frozen on his face. So go back and watch that, please. I can't. I can't even imagine because we were talking about this. Like, 
can you it's one thing to watch it on TV without the critical eye that we're watching it and you're just kind of like watching the show and it's like oh some more drama can you imagine though in real life like I mean again you have to you have to put like you have to add 10 years on your, yourself right now but even now at 30 like you're just at a party with your wife and all of a sudden you're like just talking with your friends on one side of the house and then you can see like over in the kitchen like what the like you just see like some sixteen year old dude with his hands massaging your wife's shoulders from behind and they're like talking into each other's ears and then like I'd just be on the other side of the room like is his dick on my wife's ass? It it's outrageous. Especially what is that? <laughs> In real life, sixteen year olds are so young. Yeah, <laughs> it'd, be like, no. it'd be like some kid. He's wearing it'd be ba- some kid. Yeah, he's wearing basketball shoes. I'll just paint the scene of what this kid looks socks. like. He's got basketball shoes on. Yeah, high three quarter length black Nike socks and gym some, shorts and some gym shorts and like a and one shirt or whatever the yeah. kids are wearing now. Not and one, but yeah. That's up to your forty year old wife. And uh, and there's weird sexual attention, and there. just starts like essentially soft grinding her from behind. <laughs> I'd be like, "Hey, bud." I feel like it would stand out so much that Jimmy Cooper wouldn't be the only one who would notice. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, everyone in the party would be like, "What the fuck is this kid doing?" Anyway, so I mean, it fits in perfect what we were talking about earlier with it just slowly departing from these these kids being sixteen and in high school. They're yeah, now it's just like there's another guy that's up on your girl. Yeah, and is yeah. how they're playing it. But and uh, so, anyways, party ends. This guy, this Teresa girl that we were talking about, who comes from Chino, trying to get with Ryan, trying to get Ryan back. She's living like a 25 year old. Um, she's at this party. Her ex boyfriend Eddie, a, another guy from the wrong side of the tracks. Really he long comes, face. Long face, literally and figuratively. He's also like another 30 year old playing a 16 year old. Um, he comes in, beats the shit out of Ryan. Ryan tackles him into the pool. Hijinks ensues. And then, so, whatever. I don't even, honestly, I don't even want to talk that much about Teresa because all of her shit just annoys me. Yeah. It's just a classic case of when a character comes into the OC and you just want them to get the fuck out. Just leave. Yeah. Just just get get out. out Get out of paradise right now. Opposite feeling of what I had when Olivia Wilde came in in season two. We won't get to oh. it because we're only doing season one. But yeah, goddamn, she, she fit right into the OC. When she came in, this is before Olivia Wilde was famous, and this is when she was at her peak. She had like the purple hair. Oh my god, I would say Olivia Wilde in season two of the OC has got to be in like the top five most attractive girls I've ever seen in my entire life. I'll argue with you about the Uggs thing, but I'm not going to argue with you about that. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. I don't got the time for that. Because <laughs> it's just a fact. Um, okay, so last thing on this episode. The whole thing in this episode is it's leading up to Anna's leaving. We've talked about her. She's great. We love her. But she's honestly, she's just a Midwest chick living in a yeah. West Coast world, and she doesn't fit there like we didn't fit there in 09. <laughs> yeah, just out of place. Fish out of water. Fish out of water. That was us. I mean, like we said, we did make some trends happen there. You know, pretty hard yeah. with clothing. We left our mark. Let's we left our mark with V-Nex, and then uh, we bounced. But um, big emotional. We scene. weren't we weren't built for the West Coast no. big you know no. lifestyle. We just weren't built for that. We're more Midwest dudes. Yeah, and we're, it's uh, the same thing. we're NFC North guys. 
We're NFC North guys. We're not NFC North guys. We're AFC North guys. Yeah, we're AFC North guys. Go conference, right? <laughs> Whatever. Um, <laughs> so Anna's leaving. She's going back to Pittsburgh. Big, big emotional moment at the end of this, where they're at the airport. And yeah. Damn it. I'd be lying if I said a little tear didn't well up in my right eyeball. It's 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 good stuff. It's just good stuff. I mean, it's so Seth races there. He thinks she's leaving because of her. He races there, and honestly, what what makes this whole scene is them playing that song. If you leave, yep. I'll touch you once. Yeah, acoustic version. Won't let and go awesome. at any price. Like such a good song. Down Yeah, such a good song. Yeah, I don't even know what that song's called, but it's so good, and. It's just like, God, it's such a movie moment of he's standing there at security. She's like, Anna, don't leave. She's like, I gotta leave. And then they're playing that music. She's crying. And he's like, what am I going to do without you? And she's like, confidence, Cohen. It's like, damn it. Damn it. Super awesome callback. Such a good last departing Callback. Calls it right back. God, I would love to see that happen in real life. See an emotional moment at the airport like that. Yeah, I know. Have you it's ever never seen, gonna happen with me, but have you ever seen anything like that in real life? No, I've also never like seen like somebody having a, mo- a big moment in their life, and you're just getting to watch. No, but it happens in movies all the time. All these big moments happening at the airport. Um, I've never seen one there, and usually also, you got all of your your plans and your shit sorted out by the time you get to the airport. Also, I couldn't stop thinking about when I was watching this. Of she's in the security line, and she's like, she's already put all of her shit on the belt. And then Seth comes up and he's like, Anna, I need to talk to you for a second. And, he, and, and then she just goes to the guy behind the thing. She's like, hey, give me one minute. And I'd be like, that's not how it works. At the airport, everyone's trying to get through that security line so fucking fast. And so, like, if anyone does anything to take – I see it in TSA PreCheck all the time where in TSA PreCheck, you don't need to take your belt off. You don't need to take your shoe off. You don't need to take, you don't need to take your computer out of the back. Like, don't be an idiot. And then when people start doing that in the line, everyone in line gets so pissed. It's like, are you fucking serious, lady? Like, no, you keep the belt on, bitch. Like, so there would definitely be at least. A, All right, ma'am, what I'm gonna need you to do for me right now here is uh, she would meet now in 2018. She gets arrested immediately for just oh, yeah. getting out of line. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> she would not be going to Pittsburgh. It wouldn't because she wouldn't have no, with Seth. Be, That'd be because be, she'd be detained. She'd be tasered. She would be hogtied <laughs> and just like shuffled up an elevator up into like the back security TSA room and just berated until she cried and went home. I did like. I really needed it after that scene. They had just an awesome little comic relief when Seth and Ryan are sitting there eating pizza. I say that still to refer to any really dumb guy who's saying this when we were watching it. I was like, Seth, Adam Brody's really good at ad-libbing, and you can even tell when he's ad-libbing, when it's like not scripted and he's kind of just being himself. By the way, I know this because when I was in L.A. working for that PR company... Mm-hmm. He came in one day to my office because he was promoting some bullshit movie. I met him. Was he hilarious? He was essentially the exact... And by when I say I met him, I mean I was in the room while he was just kind of talking to some other people. <laughs> Did you touch him? Who were like, hi. <laughs> yeah, I didn't touch him. I wish. I wish <laughs> I touched him. Just like a small touch. But um, wearing the same clothes he always wore in the OC and he just his mannerisms and everything, he was exactly the same. And that's how I know 
why he's never been famous ever outside of the show is because in this show he was just playing himself and then that's why he's never been famous outside of the show because he actually can't act for anything he can just do that really well yeah he can play himself really well but anyways in this last scene he's just ad-libbing again and Ryan like obviously you can tell Ben Buttons McKenzie's never going off script (laughs) never there's no personality there he's just white knuckling that script yeah um but Seth just like they're talking about Ryan's like oh what do you think what do you think Luke's up to right now and Seth like as the camera pans away and the episode ends he's like oh I don't know discovering fire Hunting, gathering. Hunting and gathering. <laughs> Shaving yeah. his chest with a buck knife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I still awesome. use those lines to this day just based on that one ad lib scene of like anytime I'm talking to a dude who I think is just such a dumbass idiot, like four well, brain cells he's woven together and he's like a Neanderthal kind of caveman dude of like all he thinks about is sex, food, that's it. Sex and food, that's all I care about. <laughs> I'm making those comments of like, God damn, I know this guy like just discovered fire like two weeks ago. Fuck this guy. Full credit to Seth Cohen. Full credit. Full credit Seth Cohen. Okay. Think we're good there. Went a little longer, but we're good. We're good. We'll catch you next time. Later. To check out more Vicarious Living episodes, follow us on SoundCloud at Vicarious Living. You'll know you found us when you find a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there. He's just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there. Just not pictured.